Um, so we, um, like I said, we're going to be talking about marriage and singleness. And um, so again, we, we harvested these questions from you guys that we're going to be um, asking of Stephen Marcy related to, to marriage and asking Wesley about related to singleness. And um, so I'm just going to be kind of facilitating that today and, and going through some of these questions. And um, let's go ahead and get it kicked off because we have several questions to get through. Um, Stephen Marcy, well, actually all of you guys, but uh, how, how do you go deeper in relationships that have always been shallow and where familiarity makes it difficult to go deep? What's a practical way to get the ball rolling? You guys want to kick wow, that off? Wow, it's such a big question. We're starting with a big question. Um, I want to encourage you to, like, we're, we're trying to be really practical in all these um, times, and so you might want to take notes. There, I think there's going to be some helpful little nuggets throughout this. Um, I want to just interject a little bit of a funny thing because this first question, you know, is about going deeper. And um, I'm just wanting to point out, like, even just up here, like, all the differences already in how we do things. So Steve is, you know, he needed... He and Jason, they needed the table. You know, they're techie guys. They need their iPads. Mine is like printed out, highlighted in different colors. Wesley's like, I have mine memorized. <laughs> okay. All right. He just needs a Bible. That's all he needs. Yeah, Wesley wins. He wins. I'm just saying. We're illustrating how different people work together this morning. So I love this question, but I want to point out about this question that it isn't just for relationships that are shallow. It's actually for all relationships because actually all relationships need to grow. All relationships need to go deeper. So just some thoughts about that is just how growing is important for all relationships. We are growing personally. So because of that, and in light of that, like we need to grow relationally as well. Um, and we need to see each other and make room for the growth that's happening even in each other personally. So we need to give ourselves space to grow and we need to give our spouse space to grow, right? We need to just like, like I know it sounds like really basic, but it's harder than it sounds. We need to recognize that we do grow and change. We don't stay the same. So sometimes we grow and change, but we have this expectation that it, we're going to do it like we always have. And actually we're not, and we can't. And so... Just being aware of that is actually very helpful. And so the word that I want to bring out right now is a word that if you take anything from this morning, I want you to take this word because it's true in all relationships. And that word is intentionality, that in order to grow, we have to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. It'd be great if it did. Steve and I have been married for how long have we been married? 33 years, and we're still having to be intentional. And if you want to grow, do a talk on marriage. <laughs> because we had a big fight yesterday. 
I wasn't really going to say that. And that is true. We're getting real, getting real. We grew from it. <laughs> so, I'm recovering. No, no. <laughs> have a talk on marriage if yeah. you want to grow. Yeah. Okay, little tip there. All right, so be intentional, okay? So just a few little things about that. Be intentional with your time. Um, you know, eat, eat a meal together. Sometimes our life is so busy, you know, and I know for us in this season of life, you know, our kids are all out of the house, and so we aren't, like, all sitting down like we used to to have a meal. We yeah. eat differently, especially at dinner time. Steve's, a, like, a meat person, and, you know, he's a runner, and he can eat a million calories a day. It's very annoying. Um <laughs> But we eat differently, but we have to be intentional sometimes to, like, actually sit down and do it together. Because even if we're both home, sometimes we're, like, eating different things, eating at different times, and just kind of doing it as we go. And so just meal times can just be a real good time to just sit and talk and ask each other questions and be intentional to relate together. So it sounds really basic, but... Actually, it could be a really, like, a big, really big thing. Plan something to do together that's fun. This is a really big deal to me. I think fun is, like, a thing that it gets underrated <laughs> in relationships. And I think having fun together is really, really helpful to a marriage and actually any relationship. So... Plan something fun to do together. You might have to compromise and do something one week that's fun for one person and the other week that's fun for the other person because maybe you don't share the same idea of, of what fun looks like. But you can do that, and we can have fun enjoying what someone else enjoys as well. So spend time. Spend time talking. That sounds really basic as well, but ask intentional questions. It could be as simple as, tell me about your day. Uh, do we always listen? You know, we've been talking with Tom and Wendy a lot about this, you know, because they're in a similar season of life. Their kids are, are all, you know, graduating and moving on and how we spend our time together. And we've been talking about just asking that simple question, how was your day? We find out a lot about each other just through that and about where we are. So intentional time, intentional questions. Seriously, you might want to ask. So something that we started doing, I might be talking too long. Okay, speed it up. Okay, something we've been doing that's really fun on birthdays is um, actually our daughter-in-law, Emily, thought of this and started this, but we've been having these little questionnaire things about the person whose birthday it is, like, What's, your, what's their favorite color? What's their favorite song? What do they love to do? Like, you know, we, we've, we've known our kids their whole lives. <laughs> but, you know, like we find out things every birthday about each other that we didn't know. Because things change. We grow. We evolve. We have a different favorite color. We have a different, you know. But knowing those things is important because it's knowing, like, we crave being known and loved. 
God created us that way, and we crave it, and we need it, and we and being intentional just to know simple things can really grow love um, together. So ask questions. What refreshes you right now? What's fun to you right now? And then maybe go a little deeper. What makes you feel loved? You might be surprised after 30 years of marriage that you might find out something new in this season that makes your spouse feel loved. So intentional time, intentional questions. Obviously, listen in all of that and learn. Always learn. It's part of growth. So when we ask questions, we're learning things about each other, and we want to learn new things about each other. So just uh, be intentional, and it will, you'll be amazed what happens. <laughs> That's great. Um, Wesley or Steve, can you guys chime in on this? How do, you, how do you go deeper in relationships that have always been shallow and where familiar, familiarity makes it difficult to go deep? I think it's really important to define what deeper relationship looks like for you. That's good. Um, just as Marcy pointed out and everybody being different, if I, and I've done this, I've gone to friends and said, hey, let's be more intentional. Like, let's be deeper friends. And it's like, okay, cool. And then nothing happens because there's no, there's, we don't know what that actually means. And I've had other times with friends, even including Caleb over here, who's one of my best friends forever, amazing. Um, who I've said, hey, let's go, like, let's go deeper and be more intentional. And he's like, what does that mean to you? And I'm like, uh, right? So <laughs> that's not helpful either. And so actually being able to clearly communicate, hey, here's, here's my desire. Here's where I see us going. Here's, here's what I want for us to, here's what we don't talk about that I want to talk about. And as a, as a single person, that's really important because it's really key to have key core covenant relationships. And so being able to clearly say, hey, here, here's, here's what I see, and here's, like, are you good with that? And asking that as a question, because I've actually had also that people have come to me and been like, hey, I want to be super intentional, and it's not someone that I'm feeling for that season, and to be able to gracefully say, maybe not. <laughs> um, but really, but this is a really big thing. Being able to say, let's be more intentional, is that where you want to go? And as a single person, I think that's, that's really huge, and practically it's just like I, I mean it looks different for everybody maybe get dinner get lunch just meet up with meet up with a friend whether you're 18 or 80 like it's it's the same we're all made for intentionality and connection and so I think that that's just really being intentional with those questions being intentional with that and then walking it out whatever you say this is what deeper relationship looks like sticking to that and walking it out and it's amazing what the Lord does so good are you guys amazed at Wesley's wisdom I'm <laughs> I have to say, I have, this is a disclaimer for me. I've talked with several people about this today. So, like, just to say is, because I understand me as a 24, I was like, how old am I? <laughs> me as a 24-year-old single person doesn't represent every single single person in this room. Right. And so a lot of what I'm saying is wisdom I've gleaned from lots of people, just so you all know. That's really good. So he has, it's not I've, it's I've not watched just him me. all week long. Yeah, that's right. So we, got it, Jason got it. and I had a long, good talk the other day. I got it from Jason. <laughs> <I got> it <laughs> from, Jason told me what to say. <laughs> Wesley's, Wesley's great. Wesley would come. My kids would come home, still come home from youth, and they're like, you wouldn't believe what Wesley said. Of course, many of the times, many of the times, it was something I had already been saying to them multiple times. 
But, of course, when Wesley said it, it was like, and so I, you just, just another more, I know we're not on parenting, but little parenting <laughs> advice, you just time. nod and, and yeah. that's great. That's awesome. You're just glad they got it. You're just glad they got it. Yeah. It's so good. It's seeds. But now I come home from staff meeting, and I'm like, kids, you'll never believe what Wesley said. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's all turned. It's reversed. It's reversed now. They're like, Dad, that's what I told you last week. No. Um, okay, question number two. Um, how do I make Jesus my all, but, my, but love my spouse and family well? Mm, that's good. That's a great question. Just the way it's worded, though, there's a tension in there that doesn't have to be there. Mm, that's because good. loving Jesus well and loving your spouse and your family well all go together. And yes, he is always first in your life, but then your greatest ministry as a married person is to your wife. And so, so the, two, the two aren't opposed. And then my greatest ministry then is to my kids. And I've been really thankful to grow up and to raise my kids in an atmosphere where that's, that's what the heart of this house is. And we encourage each other all the time on staff, like, your greatest ministry is your family. So, so they're actually not opposed. Yes. My simple answer to that is it's not either or, it's both and more. So I would say make room for just you and Jesus time, but don't stress over that. Just be intentional about it. It, You're depending on your season of life, you know, like I know, like I had five kids and I had four kids kids in five years. And I know, you know, like in that season of life, like your kids are waking you up in the morning and they need things, right? And so it's different with different seasons of life. Sometimes you're having to make a long drive to work in that season of life. Talk to Jesus in the car. Like, don't stress out about what it's supposed to be and supposed to look like. Just enjoy him. Enjoy him all throughout the day. Talk to him all throughout the day. Enjoy him with your spouse. Enjoy him with your children, with your family, in your relationships. Just enjoy Jesus. Don't make it complicated. I think he just wants to be part of, part of it all, right? So just make room for him in everything. Steve, did you want to talk a little bit more about just kind of some marriage values along with that? One thing... Uh, I I did want to just mention, we get to talk about marriage today, is that uh, Marcy and I actually have an arranged marriage. Um, My dad was a professor at the seminary up here for over 40 years, and he came came to me one day and he said, hey, Steve, you've got to meet this girl in my two o'clock class. And uh, I looked in the picture book and I said, wow, dad, she's really pretty. And uh, he said, well, son, just because I'm older doesn't mean I've lost my eyesight. And uh, I never could, we never could connect after my dad's, after the two o'clock class. And so my dad called Marcy and, and he said, hey, have you done your reading reports? And, and she said, uh, no, I haven't, but I will. And uh, he said, well, that's not really why I called. <laughs> and he said, can I give my son your phone number? Wow. And, uh, and so that's, here we are. 33 years later, I know, and I'm just so thankful for my dad, and I needed a lot of help, you know, I mean, 
I'm really, really thankful for that. But uh, the Bible, when it talks about marriage, it talks about it in the context of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the first thing it goes into, it begins to talk about relationships in the family. And that's the key place where we manifest the life of the Holy Spirit is actually with our family and in our marriage. And in marriage, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's not, marriage is absolutely incredibly amazing, and marriage will absolutely stretch you in ways you do not want to be stretched and help you grow in ways that you don't really maybe even want to grow. And, uh, and so that, that's really is an amazing thing. It's an amazing gift. Um, you know, sometimes you realize just even how, how different you are and how you perceive things differently. And, you know, even part of the conversation that we had yesterday <laughs> was, you know, our real, you know, realizing that I may be, I may be expressing something and think that it feels a certain way, but I have to ask and know, like, does it really feel that way to Marcy? And, and so, you, you know, you learn a lot about just stepping back, listening. I want to listen to Marcy's heart. And one of the most valuable things that we can offer to our spouse is them knowing that we value them. And so Marcy doesn't feel valued when I don't listen and when I don't just step back. When I, when I respond defensively, no one in this room has ever done that, but never, never. I could explain what it is. But, <laughs> but when I respond defensively, it doesn't help. And so I've got to step back. And, that, and that, that's hard to do in that moment because everything you know, is rising up in me wants to, well, I've been doing this, you know, and so you should feel this way, but to step back and listen mm -hmm. and hear her heart mm -hmm. really communicates value. That's really good. Um, and I just want to encourage us too in marriage, Matthew 18 says, wherever two or three agree is touching anything, it shall be done. I, I believe one of God's biggest reasons that he brings us together in a marriage is to pray together. Yeah, and I want to challenge you husbands to lead your wife in prayer. It doesn't have to be a big long like you pray, pray an hour. Even if it's right before you fall asleep, you grab her hand and you just pray, Lord, bless us tonight. Protect our kids. Um, one of the things I've learned praying at night like that, it, you, don't, you don't want to get into big issues right then. Like Marcy will think about them all night. I'll go to sleep no matter what. But... But husbands, lead your wives in prayer. Be bold about doing that. Yeah, that's good. There's not a husband in this room that you would not take a bullet for your wife. You would take a bullet for your, her, for your wife, but be bold to lead her in prayer. Yeah, that's so good. For us to step out as men and be spiritually vulnerable yeah. really means a lot. And, and then just another thing that, that we've started doing is we take communion together. And, and many times, it's even just a couple moments. Um, I run in the kitchen, I break off a little bit of a cracker, I pour in a little bit of grape juice, and, and we take communion together. And, and we just say, Jesus, we remember what you did. And in that moment, centered on the work of Jesus on the cross, yeah. we pray for each other, 
we pray for our kids, and it's been a very powerful thing for us. Yeah, and we don't always feel like doing it. Sometimes we go mm-hmm. into it very grumbly, <laughs> <laughs> but it's always worth it. I'm just saying, do it when you don't feel like it. Yeah, I was even hearing when you guys were when you were talking about all of that. It's all tied back to the, your first comment just about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Like that Holy Spirit has to be in all of that. <laughs> so that's so good. Thank you guys. Um, I'm going to jump over to Wesley. Uh, I have a question for you. What are some common beliefs that hinder people from valuing their singleness? That's a good question. Say it again. <laughs> what are some common beliefs that hinder people from valuing their singleness? That's a good question. <laughs> um, you want me to say it one more time? <laughs> no, it's fine. Two is fine. Two is fine. Um, I think the biggest hindrance to people valuing singleness is not understanding that singleness is a gift. Some of y'all are like, I don't want that gift. Um, it's, it's returnable. <laughs> you can uh, return it on Amazon. Paul in 1 Corinthians talks about singleness and marriage and um, 1 Corinthians 7 and he says something really interesting in verse 7. He says, For I wish that all men were even as myself, talking about single. He says, But to each one he has his own gift from God. One in this way, meaning singleness, and one in that manner, meaning marriage. Each has his own gift from God. Actually, that the, the gift of celibacy is a real thing. But some of us may not have the gift of celibacy, but we're single for a season or a time. Or maybe we've been divorced or we're widowed. Whatever, whatever space we're in, if you're currently single, you have the gift of singleness from the Lord. And that gift is to actually, I believe, it's to know him and union with him. Like, because we won't be married, there won't be marriage in heaven, but who will we be married to? <laughs> it's like, so who will we be married to? Jesus. So I believe as a single person, you actually get to foreshadow As a single person, you get a foreshadow that union with Christ that will be made known in heaven. And it so A, it foreshadows that. And B, if you're going to be married, it actually prepares you for marriage and union. And then once you're married, your your union with your spouse is the foreshadow of Christ and the bride. But as a single person, that also exists between you and the Lord. And it's not – there's like this cheesy thing of like, oh, I'm dating Jesus. And people think that it's like, oh, whatever – but I've actually had amazing times. I make, per, I make intentional space and time, like booking vacations with just me and the Lord. Like spending money to just be with me and the Lord. And it's been life-changing and understanding union with him. And it's really good. And it's like, because we have this idea sometimes that like, as single people, it's like we think marriage equals wholeness. And that's not true. Like, if you're not whole as a single, actually, it's crazy. When, when marriage is talked about in the Bible, a lot of times the verse is referenced from Genesis that the two shall become one. It doesn't say two halves become one. It doesn't say a third and two thirds become one. It's two whole people become one, and it's supernatural. And the world, because they don't understand this, it's the whole you complete me, you fulfill me, you're my better half, my other half. But in, in Christ, it's a supernatural thing where two wholes become one. And so I think as single, the gift of singleness is being able to understand wholeness and union with Christ that actually leads into marriage and actually produces 
beauty in marriage. And if you have the gift of celibacy and you actually aren't going to be married, it produces a beautiful union that even prepares you for heaven. Wow. Come on. Wow. So good. Yeah. So good. So that's awesome as far as like how singles can relate to their own singleness. How can married people communicate greater value to those who are single? Um, I think a key thing is there's this almost cultural thing in the world, definitely in the world, but even in the church, some that like single people are less mature, less responsible, less grown up. Um, and, and I think that there's, I do actually believe that marriage can mature you faster because if you're in the same house with someone 24 seven, you're going to bed with them and waking up next to them, you have more incentive to work out problems, right? As a single person, if Caleb and I have a problem, I can just not hang out with him. That's not mature. It's not mature, but it's an option. And so marriage may mature you faster, but single people actually have to be more intentional about maturity and more intentional about responsibility and more intentional about those things. And so for married people to actually be able to like treat single people as mature and responsible and grown up and whether you're, that's more a problem for younger people, but also I've talked with singles that are older and just the idea of like that they're, um, there's this thing sometimes of like that they're not whole or they're not fully there yet. Um, or even that they're not fit to lead. And as a single person, singles are just as fit to lead as married couples um, in the church and out of the church. Um, and singles, I think, yeah, it's just the Lord values singleness and Jesus was single. Like, I know that's something It's like Jesus was single. But really, like, if we think about that, it's actually kind of funny to think about and um, even Paul was single. And so, and there's, there's a lot of legacy even that doesn't necessarily mean children. There are a lot of people throughout history that never had actual kids that had legacy. And so part of that, I think something that married couples can do is invite single people into your community, into your families. Um, I think it's like this thing sometimes where like married couples, I don't know what y'all feel, but maybe you feel like it's awkward or weird to like have a single person at your family, like in, at dinner or whatever. But it's, I've had experiences that and it's extremely amazing and helpful. And actually some of the best times I've had with some of my friends have been hanging out with them and their spouse, just the three of us. And I don't feel like I'm third wheeling. I feel like I'm gleaning. And it's actually really helpful. It's not awkward. It's only awkward if you make it awkward. But, like, it's actually super helpful. Like, I have seriously been, like, there are times when I'll have, like, friends. I'll like, be hanging out with friends, and, it, like, they'll be like, oh, can, you know, my wife come, whatever. I'm like, yes, please. Like, it really, it makes a difference, and it's really beautiful. So that's so awesome. So good. Thank you, yeah, Wesley. Yep. Good job, Wesley. So good. All right. Uh, Stephen Marcy, jumping back to you guys. Right. How do you communicate love and value for your spouse when your sex drives are different? Woo! <laughs> All right. That is a great question. And I think that a key in this question, say the question again. That's, that's what Wesley All right. What would you, nope. How do you communicate love and value for your spouse when your sex drives are different? I think a key in that question is the word communicate. And I want to encourage marriage 
married couples to communicate more about sex. Like, what does sex look like for you in this season? Because uncommunicated expectations lead to tension. And so, Marcy and I, we, we actually have a, a plan. Like, we know how often we're, we plan to have sex. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that is because I don't want you to get jealous. But, uh, woo! <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to say that. Steve is, he was so excited to talk about sex in church. I was. Marcy's like, I don't think we have time for this. I'm like, no, we have time for this. I've been waiting forever to talk about this. So, but have a plan for the season. And, and with that, though, you do have to be flexible. Like, it's not, you know, if you have, like, hey, we're going to have sex twice a week or whatever, however that works for you in your season, you need to know that, like, you know, you're going to have to be flexible with it. And, and that's an important thing. And, and I even think for us as men, sometimes it can be important for us to go to bed with our wife and for her to know that I'm completely comfortable just cuddling her. That holding her does not always have to lead, lead to sex. So, but it's going to look different in different seasons of your life. Um, you know, some of you, you have lots of kids and you're, you're tired and, you know, you just got to take the moment when it comes. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're in our 50s and we don't have any kids home, so... Yeah, it's, uh, but I just want to say, though, that there's always, always give and take, but most couples don't communicate enough about sex, and then it's also important that there's never pressure on one spouse to do something that the other spouse is not comfortable with, and so you need to know like, okay, this is what's a part of our sex life. We, we had a, a, a sex counselor come and speak here once, and he described it this way. He said, you know, there may be things that you think, well, I, w- I would like to try this with my spouse, but if your spouse isn't comfortable with that, that's not something that's in your garden. And, and you, just have to, you just have to accept that. And, uh, and so communicating, having these conversations um, is, is a really important, so good. important thing in that. Thank you, Steve. That's really, really great. Um, Wesley, jumping over to you on this topic of, of sex and sexual desire. What would you say to the single person um, on the topic of sex, of sex drive and sexual desire? This is another really good question. Um, I'll just you want say, me to repeat it again? No, that's fine. That's fine. When we, when we first got these questions submitted, this question, I actually, like, when I first we were, like, talking about it, I was like, yeah, I can probably answer that. And then I was actually, literally, my notes was, like, about to delete this question <laughs> from our list. The reason why is because I think it's, there's so many different opinions and different thoughts on it. And I just have to say, from this question alone, I talked with 10 specific people about singleness and advice on this, and I got several different answers, lots of different answers. And that's fine. Like, that's, that's not a huge problem, but I think it's just we approach it in a lot of different ways. Um, and it's beautiful because everybody's different. But I think the overall 
um, overarching theme that I want to address for single people is this. The term sex drive, I believe, a lot of time is used as a mask for lust. I believe what we call sex drive, I'm not saying always, I'm not saying, I'll get into this in a second, what the Lord's actually given us, but I believe a lot of times it's masked as lust and we, we, we allow things in our hearts and lives because we say, oh, well, God made me like this. God gave me this gift. Um, when in reality, lust needs to die. It needs to be crucified with Christ, buried with him, and re you're resurrected as a new man, as a new woman. Um, so what, what did God give us? Because I think as a single person, this is super important because I don't believe that God gave you a gift whether you're single for a season or you'll be celibate or single for your entire life, God didn't give every single person a gift that is a burden and that's like of the flesh. I believe he gave you a gift of intimacy, which as a single person is fulfilled through the Lord and as a married person is also fulfilled through the Lord and through sex with your spouse. But as a single person, this is, put this on the record from Wesley Fagan on today's date, whatever today is, from what I see in the Bible is that you as a single person do not have any need and desire that cannot be fulfilled through the Lord and then expressed and fulfilled through community around you. That if you as a single person are experiencing a sex drive, it is probably 75% the lust of the flesh and maybe 25% of the times there is this desire as a single person where sometimes there's this desire that God has given us. We have this innate desire for connection, intimacy, and love. Every single person on the planet. Nobody's exempt from intimacy, connection, and love. So the question is how do you fulfill that? As a single person, I believe it's, it's through the Lord. It's fulfilled through the Lord and expressed through community. So... Your, your desire for intimacy, connection, and love, it's fulfilled through the Lord and through people around you, but like it's fulfilled primarily through the Lord. And then this desire to be given to someone. There's this desire in singles of like, I want to be connected to someone. I want to be given to someone. It's this, it's I want to be naked and unashamed. I want to be seen, known. I want to be fully seen, fully known, and fully loved. That is not the lust of the flesh. I believe that is what we actually can give to the Lord, and that's what gives us union with him as single people. So if you're experiencing a sex drive or sexual desires rising up, check and say, is this, is this me needing, having something I need fulfilled inside of me? Because if it is, it's probably the lust of the flesh. If, it's, if it needs to be fulfilled in the flesh. If it's a longing for a deep connection and a heart thing, it's between you and the Lord and your community. And you can invite people into that. And I've invited people, I've invited friends, even invited Caleb into like, hey, like, let's walk this out. Let's walk this out together. And so I'm not married and I don't, you know, I can't really speak into marriage, but as married couples, that that desire, I believe, as you get married, that 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 desire for intimacy is also expressed through sex with your spouse because that's how God created it. Um, talking to several married people, 
I've, it's interesting, I've, I've had several married people actually tell me that even through marriage, there can be, um, there can be lust involved in what they would call their sex drive. And so it's not to single people. I say this for single people. It's not like once you get married, all of that's just solved and fixed. Right. It doesn't just go away. And so really, it's, is, am I experiencing lust, this desire that takes? If lust takes and love gives, it, it's, am I experiencing lust that's actually like it, it needs to be fulfilled in the flesh? Or is this something that the Lord's created me for innately that's fulfilled through him and community because that desire, that longing that needs to be fulfilled is the, the glue between the Lord, you and the Lord and your union with him and also relationships with others. And it is a gift. It's not a burden. So good. Oh man. We could talk forever about this, couldn't we? So, so good. Oh man. I just want to keep going. Okay. Next question. Um, Stephen Marcy. How do I navigate differences in personality and values as well as honor my spouse when we don't agree? Yes, another great question. I feel like we've already answered it quite a bit. And uh, for the sake of time, mm -hmm. because we're running out of it, um, I'm not going to say a lot about that. One thing I would encourage you to do, obviously, is what we've already talked about is intentionally talk to each other about those particular things of personality and values. And I would encourage you to articulate some values for your marriage. Be surprised how helpful that can be to create intentionality. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. And I think too, just getting in there and really having the hard conversations. When, when Marcia and I first got married, we were both kind of from families where you just didn't talk about things and you were just nice to each other. And so we were just nice all the time and we had to actually learn how to have a conversation that wasn't an easy conversation. It almost felt like a step backwards because sometimes it was kind of tense, but it actually was a step forward that we were beginning to, to really learn how to talk about difficult things. That's so good. Do we have time for one more? Yes? Okay. All right. This will be our last one. Um, Wesley, how can a single person who wants to be married prepare for marriage? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we talked a little bit earlier. I mentioned about wholeness. I think as single people that want to be married, the best thing you can do is delight in the Lord and find wholeness in him and be intentional in relationships that you have. And practice to the married people in the room. You can probably, I'm not married, but the, the moment you said I do, you probably did not become an expert on conflict resolution. <laughs> the moment you said I do, you probably did not become uh, an expert on communication styles. And so, as a single person, actually being able to invest in relationships with your friends and with people you're connected with and be able to practice conflict resolution. And actually be able to know, what is my communication style? How do I communicate? How do I think? I believe that's helpful no matter what, whether you're married or single or no matter where you're at in life. Um, that delighting yourself in the Lord and actually finding wholeness in him and believing and trusting he will give you desires of your heart, whether you're 18 or 80. And finding out who you are in Christ. 
Awesome. Well, can we give these guys a hand? We, we tackled some, some really difficult subjects, and, and I appreciate you guys, guys sharing that and transition to... Sure. Well, we want to just take a moment. Uh, we want to pray. One, Marcin, I want to pray for the married couples in the room. If you're married, uh, would you stand up? We just want to pray and bless you. Father, we thank you, Father, for the, the married couples that are in this house, and we just want to bless your marriage. We bless your communication, and we bless your conversations. We bless you with greater understanding. We bless you with revelation that will draw you closer together. I want to bless the two of you praying together in the name of Jesus, and I bless what God is going to do in you and in your family as you pray together. I bless you. I want to I bless your, your sexual relationship to be all that God wants it to be and for there to be clear communication and joy and delight. And, and Lord, I pray over each person in this room right now. Lord, I pray for union with you like never before. Lord, I pray that this morning, Lord, that you would do a work in the hearts of each of the single person that, that are here today or they're watching online, Lord, and I thank you that you are more than enough. And Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that there would just be, that there would just be revelation of who you are as bridegroom king. And Jesus, I just pray for union with you to be, to be explosive in each one of our hearts. Lord, that it would satisfy us. Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to delight in you and how to trust you to give us the desires of your heart. We thank you for it, Lord. And Lord, I pray for intentional connections with community. Lord, I pray for fear to be broken off of connecting with community, connecting with friends and being deep and real with friends. And Lord, I just pray for grace over communication of thoughts and desires with each other as singles and with, with other married couples in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.